You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast with stories of maternal mental health, inspiration, healing, truth, and more. Please know that some of these episodes can be triggering, so please look for the description and title to see the topics that might be more specific for what you're looking for. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram. We are at Rising Phoenix Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, I am excited to be doing this. So um, tonight the topic is going to be pretty much based on self-love after experiencing um, a perinatal mood disorder. So postpartum anxiety, depression, rage, all the things. Um, Most of us, most of you have heard about this or experienced it and that's why you're here. So I thank you for that. Um, my passion in this topic really began when I became a mom because of my experience with postpartum depression and anxiety and being a mom, becoming a mom, rocked my world. Um, and then all the things that conspired after that, same thing. So, um, and you can listen to, I think it's episode two of our podcast on Rising Phoenix podcast. Um, here you can listen to my episode there and kind of get into more detail about my story and kind of my experience with postpartum. But um, overall, I really came out of this realizing that part of why I got help and I waited too long because I didn't know what I had. I didn't recognize it. And so the most important thing we can do is educate ourselves, right? So that we know what to look for. We know the signs to look for. We know the triggers and all the things and how to take care of it and the tools to use. Um, and so I got a lot from, I got a lot from my friends that posted that they were experiencing something um, because I didn't think I had it. And then my friend Whitney posted something and I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I feel. I have postpartum. There's no way. I thought this was just what it was like to be a mom. I just thought I hated my life because my baby puked all the time or whatever, you know? Um, I gave myself all these reasons why it for sure wasn't postpartum. But, like, what is so wrong with saying it's postpartum? Why is that such a bad thing? You know, I want to get rid of that. Oh, I just don't like this. Oh, I just don't like that. Or how about, oh, I have postpartum and it's okay. There's a lot of tools. There's a lot of resources. Let's dig deep and get this figured out. So, um, that was a big step for me. Um, You're going to hear paper here because I've got notes. Um, so anyways, so one of the big things is to look into the different types of illness that women may experience, um, after childbirth. And a lot of people can get it as well while they're pregnant. So, um, it's also possible before childbirth. So during pregnancy, um, but you can have depression, you can have anxiety, you can have OCD, you can have PTSD from a traumatic childbirth, um, bipolar. Many women are diagnosed for the first time with bipolar um, during pregnancy or postpartum. So that's pretty interesting. Um, and then postpartum psychosis. So look into those 
it looks different for everybody. And I think that's the most important thing is to make sure that you are aware of what it might look like because it might look different with a different child that you have. Your first one, you didn't get it. Maybe you do on your second. So to understand the symptoms and the things to look for, to recognize, because when I had it, I thought this is just my new normal. So you don't even realize it. So working with your partner, your caretaker, your roommate, whoever's going to be with you while you're taking care of yourself to take care of a baby, it's important to know those things. So um, for me, my main focus and passion in all of this is the shame and guilt that comes along with having uh, a mood disorder in general, right? Um, For me, I felt like I could not perform as a good mom because I was broken. I couldn't perform as a good mom because I hurt. I hurt myself. I hurt others. I couldn't show up the way I was supposed to. And so I created a lot of shame and guilt for that. Um, And as I've dug deep into Brene Brown, who's like the shame queen of the universe, um, her definition says, and I quote, Um, Brene Brown separates guilt from shame by believing that guilt is someone feeling that they've done something bad, while shame is an emotion where people believe they are bad. Guilt may cause a positive change in behavior, while shame may cause inaction. Um, And also, according to energy science, which if you're into chakras and auras and all those things, um, there's a hierarchy of levels of human consciousness and shame is the lowest level of consciousness that vibrates through your chakras. So lower than guilt, lower than grief. Shame is the lowest level. Um, and amidst all of my experience with postpartum, there was, there was a time frame there where I couldn't get the hang of it. I couldn't get the handle of it. And I just felt so bad that I could not bond with my son. And I just self-destructed. I stopped loving myself. I hated my body. I felt betrayed by my brain um, for giving me a mood disorder. All the things. I felt so much shame that I couldn't be that mom. That everybody said how beautiful it was to see their baby when they were born. And I couldn't even do that. So I felt so broken. Um, And that created shame because I felt like it was my fault. Because it's my body. And so I started to hate my body and to hate my thoughts. And I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my thoughts because how could I? So anyways, um, I think for me, learning the self-awareness and learning the things that triggered me has been the biggest takeaway from this whole experience for me uh, because that allows me to get rid of shame because I recognize those triggers and I recognize, okay, this is just a trigger. This is not who I am. Um, this is an experience that I get to trigger just shines a light on things I get to heal. Um, so anyway, so there's a lot of tools and really cool things that I have learned that I continue to use that I'm not the best with sometimes. And I'm definitely not speaking on this topic because I'm an expert because I'm not. Um, and I'm fine with that. Um, I do know that when people share their story, it can cause someone to come up with their own solution. It can trigger a thought in their brain of, oh my gosh, I could do that. Or I did have that. Holy cow. So you're already there and you don't even know it. So sometimes just listening to someone else's other story causes you to realize what your next step is. So uh, I'm not afraid to share my story. I am not an expert. I am not a doctor. I am not a therapist. I am Leslie Lundgren and I've got some trauma. So um 
and I'm doing the work every day and I will forever. And I think that is another thing that's important is those expectations that we set on ourselves for our healing process. When we think that, oh, I have to heal and it has to look this way. I'm going to read this book and the holistic psychologist book, how to do the work, but I've got to do it the way that she says, or I'm a failure, or I'm going to read this book and I'm going to set these big lofty goals, but because I didn't reach those goals, now I'm going to beat myself up. And now I'm not enough. And now I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good wife. I can't show up for anybody. I just can't finish anything. So that negative self-talk actually, for me, stems from my expectations of myself, my expectations of how long healing should take, how I have to do it. But in reality, none of these people that wrote these books or podcasts or even me knows who you really are. You know that. You know the thoughts in your mind. You know the things that you get to do, the things you get to get rid of, and things you get to start doing different. Nobody knows that but you. So the best freedom I ever gave myself was saying, I'm going to let go of all those expectations and I'm going to heal in every moment the way it works for me. Today, it's not exercise. Yesterday, it was. Today, it ain't. I don't want to work out. I'm tired. My neck hurts. I'm done. I am not going to shame myself for that. I am going to say, cool, it's all right. I'll find something else. And I'm going to do something else. I have a list of five things that I know that are self-care for me, that work for me, that don't cause me to feel guilt and shame. And I don't have to do all five. I can do one. Some days I'll have the energy to do five. Sure. But I don't have to do that. So our expectations of ourselves, it's a, it's a fine line because you almost don't want to not have expectations and just sit around all day either. But if you're going to sit around all day, just go change your clothes. That's it. If you get to give yourself a mental health day where you sit your ass on the couch all day, just go change your clothes and brush your hair and brush your teeth and go back on the couch and chill. Do not guilt yourself for giving yourself a minute. You know, and it's kind of about balance. But um, so listen to your body, get to know yourself, get to know your triggers so that you know the right tool to use in that moment. And those tools will change. So your expectations of what that healing looks like is really the most important part in my in my eyes. That's how I feel. So I'm pretty passionate about that because I feel like you can either fail. Expectations are like the perfect way to fail. There's no joy found in setting expectations. You can set intentions. You can set affirmations. But expectations are poison. They're toxic. So um, a lot of the tools that I've used, well, I'll go over right now in just a minute, um, they work best if your goal is self-love. So if you're walking into an online therapy session, you're walking into journaling, you are going to vent to your safe space, you are going to meditate, you're going to say your affirmations, you're going to get dressed and change your clothes, you're going to do a spiritual practice, you're going to go on a walk around your block, you're going to speak your truth, whatever your tools are, those were my tools, whatever your tools are, dancing, I love music, whatever you do, go into it every time with a specific intention and say, I am going to do this knowing that I'm going to walk away loving myself a little bit more. I'm going to give myself just a little bit more strength today so that tomorrow I can say I did that today. Two minutes in the, when, even when you're on the toilet, I'm not even lying, you guys, even when you're on the toilet, you can meditate. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And that is the most magical part of all of it. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And the world tells us it does. 
Everybody's got an opinion. I've got an opinion. I'm telling you this is what it has to look like. But guess what? You get to take bits and pieces of this and build what works for you. So um, I found it super, super cool um, to talk, to like learn more about um, I am statements because the words I am is powerful. And I believe in saying things in threes. So the first time you say it, you know, you're speaking it. The second time you say it, you mean it. And the third time you say it, you're claiming it. So I have an I am statement that I wrote about myself in 2016. And it says, I am a beautiful, honest, loving woman of light. Um, and in those moments, even with my husband, when we go and we ride dirt bikes together and I'm terrified and I don't want to do it anymore, he'll look at me and he'll say, who are you, Leslie? And I will say, I am a beautiful, honest, loving woman of light. And he'll say, yes, you are. So it's cheesy, guys. It's wooey. It's weird. I don't even care. But at this point, you're here. You're listening to this. You're here with me. You want to heal. You're willing to sit and listen to me talk because your heart is opening. You're wanting to heal. You're wanting to get familiar with yourself and freaking love yourself. You cannot love yourself if there is guilt and shame and expectations in the way. You can't. It doesn't happen. So even if you give yourself one minute a day where you don't feel guilt, shame, or expectations, that's okay. One minute's fine. It's better than none. So give yourself credit. There's so many things you're probably already doing, already, that you don't even know are self-care. And you get to give yourself credit for those things. So what I want you to do really quick is get a piece of paper. And I want you to write down five things that you are already doing that you know fulfill you. For me, it's going to be that I make my bed every day. I hate doing it. In fact, most of the time I don't. I'm looking at my bed right now and I can't even believe that I made it. Um, I make my bed no matter what. And that makes me feel better in the mornings. And I know on days when I don't make my bed that I just need to give myself a freaking minute. And that's okay. I don't have to be on all the time. So write five things that work for you that you're currently doing or that you can do. I don't want to hear, I don't want anybody to be writing, I'm going to go to the gym every day for an hour. I'm going to eat keto diet. I don't care about that stuff. That stuff is incredible. Those are big goals. Great. Good for you. Do them. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you right now that there are simple, easy things that you can do every day that you already do that you get to give yourself credit for and take back your body, take back your mind and take back your confidence and your self-love. Nobody else can do that for you. And it all comes into how we talk to ourselves, the things we do every day. So recognize what you're doing right now that already does that for you and give yourself a high five for it. I woke up today and maybe today that's it. I have a Wonder Woman journal. I love you, McKenna. I have a Wonder Woman journal and when I'm having a real weird funky funk, sometimes they last like three weeks. Y'all know, we all know when we get in funks. When I'm in a funk, I use that journal. I hate journaling. So what I'll do is I'll write at the end of the day, the things that I did that I get to give myself credit for. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. And sometimes I just want to roll my eyes and be like, that's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. You're alive. You survived. You made it to the end of the day. And you know how to spell and write and read and see and feel and touch. Write in your journal those five things that day. And if that's the only thing you did was give yourself those two minutes to write those things down, 
you just did it. You did something. And that counts too. So, um, and another thing I want you to do really quick is I want you to write down the three most important people in your life. Whether it's a spouse, a partner, a parent, a sibling, a child, a friend, an animal, um, because I count them as people because I have a dog. The three most important people of your life, okay? Write those down. I'm going to give you a second. Uh, Okay, hopefully I've given you long enough. Pause this if you're not done. So for those of you that are done, I want you to write down. So now that you're done writing those three people down, are you included on that list? I bet you're not. And if you wrote yourself on that list, hell yes, my friend. Good for you. Either you've done this before or you're incredible. And you know what? Even if you didn't write yourself on there, you're still incredible and it doesn't matter. But good for the people that did that. That is already a step forward. Okay? So everybody that didn't do it, think about this. Why didn't you? Is it because society has taught us as women, as mothers, to be the martyr? To literally drown so everybody else can be saved on that lifeboat. But would everybody else be able to live on the shore without you? Sometimes it's nice to prove that point. (laughs) It's a thankless job, right? Um, But one of the most difficult parts of motherhood, in my opinion, is realizing and living in knowing how important we are. Because nobody's going to tell you that, right? It's a thankless job. Sometimes our kids are really sweet and they make up for it and our husbands will pitch in or our partners or parents or whoever gets to support you. Um, but nobody's really going to tell you that and you believe it if you, if you don't know it, right? I could be complimented all day that I have, you know, oh, you're beautiful, whatever, da 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 and I'm not going to believe them because I don't love myself. So the bottom... The I don't want to say the bottom line, but the most important part of motherhood for me is to learn to love myself. And I think I will be on that journey the rest of my life. I don't see that as a mountain I'm climbing. I don't know that there's going to be a top of that mountain where one day I'm like, I love everything. I'm good. I'm never going to do any more work. I love myself more than I ever have before. I've forgiven myself for a lot of really gross, ugly things. I have, and I'm grateful that I've been forgiven by others as well. However, none of that does any good if we're not doing our part to try and heal every day. And I, like I said, I'll be doing this work every day the rest of my life. So I will make progress forever, but it is like a muscle. Self-love, healing, mental health, all the things come back to it being similar to a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And you have to do something every single day. And some days it'll be more. Some days you'll be like, I just climbed Mount Everest. You know? Other days it's like, hey, you know what? I brushed my teeth. It's pretty good. I'll give you credit for that. That's pretty good. No expectations. It does not need to look a certain way. Give yourself grace. Know that you are enough. You are here. You are alive. Which sometimes feels like a heavy burden. And you got a whole long road ahead of you. And right now, looking at all the things that you, all these tools, 
all the things that are required to heal, some days that's just too much. And I don't want to do it. So there's a lot of limiting beliefs that tell me it takes effort to heal. But if you really think about it, it just takes effort to create new habits and new thought patterns and the way you talk about yourself out loud. That's the effort it takes. And it's little bits every day. And if you do it for one month, it's a habit forever, right? 21 days, isn't that what they say? So I'm going to encourage you to write an I am statement and to claim yourself. Tell me about some things that you're good at. Are you bold? Are you brave? Are you passionate? Are you kind? Are you giving? Are you accepting? Are you loving? What are the nice things that you know to be true about yourself? Or things that you know you have in you, but you've been scared to let it out? For a long time, I was scared to be confident. I'm not scared anymore. It's okay to be confident. It's not okay to be cocky and rude and ego. It's amazing to be confident. It's okay. I don't need anybody's permission to be who I am. And neither do you. And you get to take every piece of everything that you do from here on out for the rest of your healing journey and make it what works for you. Nobody else's expectations matter. Because sometimes I'll do my best that I feel like I'm letting everybody else down. If I put myself first, I'm letting everybody else down. Right? That's a lie. That's bullshit. That's not true. Your expectation of what that looks like, that is the problem. The limiting belief of the way that your mind is telling you it has to look, that's not fair. Find a way that works. Write your I am statement. Own who you are. Claim it. Look yourself in the mirror every day. Say affirmations. Look yourself in the mirror and tell your body that something that you're thankful for. Manifest the things we say out loud, the thoughts that we the thoughts that we think, the words that we speak. Everything we do is so powerful, and sometimes that's just too much pressure to take. And I'm just done, and that's okay too. We have to give ourselves grace. We have to love ourselves. We have to get familiar with our triggers. And do not be afraid. Protect your mental health like it's your child. Mama bear your mental health. You have to. Because otherwise, who's going to do that for you? Who's going to do it? You know? So I want you to really think about what I just said. Mama bear your mental health. I will mama bear my son all day. Anybody try to mess with my son, I turn into a monster. And I have learned that I have to be that way with my mental health and not in a way that I'm rude to people and not in a way it's not okay to be rude. It's not okay to be right. Like be good, be good people. Okay. Have integrity, have self-love. And when you come from a space of self-love, it's always genuine and it's always, always the right thing to speak your truth when you come from self-love. I have unfollowed people, people that are dear friends. I've muted people on Instagram. I deleted Facebook. I do it like once a year, I'll delete social media for a while because I just soak in everybody's stuff and I worry about people and I just, ah, it's too much. So mama bear, my mental health all day. It doesn't work for me to do certain things. I've had to learn the hard way, all the things that trigger me, all the things that send me into a funk, the conversations, the people, 
Um, some of it you can't avoid, right? There's a lot of triggers that you cannot get rid of. I can't get rid of the fact that I'm triggered when I see people feed their babies. I can't. It triggers me. It was a difficult experience for me to breastfeed my son. I felt like I was being sexually abused and it was awful. I hated it. And then I was shamed for feeding him formula and for being a working mom. But guess what? I'm a working mom. My son is six years old. He was formula fed and he's a badass. And I don't care what anybody says because I'm going to own the fact that I'm his mom and I love him. And this is a journey for both of us and nobody else's journey. My husband's involved. He's supportive. I love him. And I, I am so grateful that he was with me there for all of that. Not a lot of people have that option. So I want you to find support that can relate to your situation so that you feel less alone. I have one child. My circumstances are different than my friend who has five children, all different ages, totally different stages of life, has sports, dance, all the things, newborns that need naps. She's all over the world all the days long. What her expectations and what her self-care is, is different than mine. Some of it might be the same, but that gets to be a little bit different. But if we read the same self-help book, what messages are we going to get? Do you see what I mean? You have to build your own mental health. You have to do it. What works for you? Be real. Anything you do is enough. There's no hierarchy. There's no level of, oh my gosh, I listened to 37 podcasts today. My mental health is lit. Nope, doesn't matter. It's important. I'm happy that you did that. (laughs) I don't want to take away from that, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying here. So I feel like I'm just kind of going over a lot of that stuff over and over, but I really want to reiterate that. So um, find a safe space. Eliminate the things that you can and accept the things that you can't. And that's not going to be happening overnight. So maybe write some affirmations, write some intentions and say those every day and manifest that you get to accept those and find a safe space to vent about the things you can't change. Because I'll tell you what, as women, I don't know, all the women I know, it is so important for us to vent to each other. Marco Polo is my self-care. It is. I'm not going to lie. It's how I keep up with my friends because I felt guilt that we couldn't hang out all the time because I work full time. Right? And by the time I get home from work, I want to be with my family. And then I feel guilt if I'm with my family and I want to be with my friends. So anyway, Marco Polo is the best way for me to stay in touch with my friends and for us to vent about life and motherhood and be like, oh my gosh, my kid did this today, or I feel like this, or I ate really bad today, or you know, whatever. It's just a safe space for me. So that for me, it counts as self-care. That's something I'm already doing that I'm like, oh my gosh, that actually fulfills me to do that. It fulfills me to mow my lawn. I don't know why. I love it. And I feel real fancy when I go to the drive-thru and get a drink. It makes me feel real cool. I don't know why. Not cool, but like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my house. I'm not at work. I have freedom. I don't have a kid in my car. And sometimes I do. But then that makes me feel like a good mom because I'm getting him a cookie, right? Whatever, okay? It's not healthy. Whatever, though. There are voices in your head that will tell you all the things wrong with what you're doing. So make the voice that says, this is enough. I am enough. I am worthy. I am beautiful. I am strong. So even if your I am statement is one thing, I am a warrior. I survived childbirth. I survived life. I'm here today. 
that alone makes you a warrior. The fact that you're taking the time, the 30 minutes or however long this is, to listen to this tells me that you understand that you are important and that I need you and everybody else in your life needs you, but you need to need you. You cannot be a martyr. You cannot be a wounded healer. You cannot progress if you don't love yourself. So put your gloves on, get in that fight, fight for yourself, fight for your body back, take your brain back, take your life back because you deserve to love yourself. If you love yourself, all of the other things that you have to do to heal your trauma will fall into place. If your goal and your intention is set to mama bear your mental health and to love yourself, I believe all of the other pieces can come together. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Let it go. Let that go. Give yourself credit. Write it at the end of the night. I don't care. Keep track of it. Also, just know I'm grateful that you stayed and you're listening to this and that you chose yourself by doing this and showing up. So um, I'm always here as a support for anybody. Rising Phoenix podcast is on Instagram and we're on all major um, podcast platforms. We do events in Pleasant Grove, Utah. We do a really cool um, dance class where it's more of an emotional healing type dance class. There's no choreography. It's kind of like girls night, how when we all have sleepovers, we just dance around silly. It's a lot like that. It's really therapeutic and amazing. We also have women's support groups um, called TP Nights um, and Circle. So we have really cool resources for those that are local to Utah County. If you're not local to Utah County, I can hook you up with a lot of resources near wherever you are. There are so many resources. Do not suffer alone. Reach out. Know your worth. I love you. I see you. And you're not alone.